make people go, yeah, you know what? That's actually kind of a cool car. Like, because like I feel like everybody's list is gonna be like it's gonna be a nine thirty, but be from a, the eighties specifically. Yeah. So everybody's gonna be like, it's a three hundred eight and a nine thirty and Testarossa and a nine five nine and an F forty and like a C four Corvette and like a, I don't know what everyone's else. Everyone's gonna cool think of the the mainstream. Well, yeah. hey now, <laughs> I see what you did there, but yeah. Well, I had to think of a mainstream good 80s car, and that is a mainstream good 80s car. So it was a question that came from Bat to you, and I assume other yep. employees there, and then you sent me your screenshot with the mm-hmm. the email. I'm like, oh, okay, that's my, an interesting my, it's, question. It's changed from there. So, Oh, did you edit the one in the... No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I just, I just changed in my on my email what my, okay. what my final responses at work, and it, it, it's you. constantly changing. I keep finding like new cars, having to bump things off. So and you I'm just like, have it in drafts? Yeah, drafts. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I'll start with mine, and we're going to go from uh, 10th to 1st. I think place. 15th to 1st, right? Well, you, had... you said 10 best 80s cars. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't, yeah. And when you inquired with me, I know you had a list of 15, but I wasn't paying No, attention. no, it's okay. Is this 15? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It's 15 best 80s cars because i'm not changing this list for that's, you. that's totally fine um i don't even have 15 so no it's okay you'll you'll think of them as you go um or as i go uh so the first one uh this is actually i'm gonna update this because you are correct this is incorrect um honorable mention though will go to the chevrolet uh nova twin cam so uh, that got bumped off the list but okay. i really want to mention that because um People always like kind of shit on Chevys of that era, um, and it, it th- that's a very objectively cool car because it was a so, new me Corolla. Oh, so okay, that's why that, I that's had a twin it was, cam. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And it had a four AGE in it, so it was a twin cam. Is just so it was a twin cam, and you could not get a four AGE new me Corolla from Toyota's. That's the only way. And these were sold in the states. Yeah. That's the only way that you could get a twin cam. That's kind of cool. E80 front wheel drive Corolla is via the Chevy Nova twin cam. You could get that car in Japan. So in the hottest spec. Toyota, you had to go get a Chevy. Well, the hottest Toyota is actually a, a Toyota Corolla AE86. Well, that's GTS. later on your list, but but yeah. Um, but that car eventually got bumped because the E86 is later on my list. Mm-hmm. And I replaced it with the EA Generation Civic SI slash CRX SI because it is objectively a very, very, very good car. Now, that's like the thing that's kind of CRX shaped but has the full-on back, right? No, that is the original CRX. Oh, okay. Because my CRX was the second gen. The EF was the second generation Oh, CRX. the one has got the four-hole wheels? Yeah, that was... Well, they both did. Oh. So the... Eight, oh, the 88 CRX SI yeah. had the buttons, but they were 14-inch. The 13-inch buttons, the more common ones, were the alloy wheels available on the CRX SI. Oh, I didn't and know that. first generation, yeah. I think I'm thinking of the smaller ones, because so they looked tiny. It, yeah, I mean, they all are. The ones I had on my Civic, those were 14-inch okay. buttons. So those were 88 CRX SI buttons. Talk about wheels. I hated the first time I saw them in a door now. Yeah, th- yeah, they really... That's why I liked them. Because I've always liked quirky wheels. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I I've know. never been a five-spoke guy. No, I know. Like, there's, like, two <laughs> five-spoke designs I like. Um, I was looking through Moda R6s, and you're like, look at these. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my Atlanta. Yeah, I'm like, no, these are good wheels. And you're like, your wheels are very, like, your your wheels that you liked when you were in high school were, like, cool when we were in high school. Yep. Whereas, like, my wheels I liked, like, Very were, clean and simple. But... My, mine are, like, just so bizarre and out there. And I'm like, cool, you want... With some cool wheels. Here's a Boy Racer Extreme, which like looks like an eight track. I'm like, this tape. is an eight inch wheel with a fifteen inch width. I'm like, 
why would you ever want that? And I'm like, because because it was on this car. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, oh okay. yeah, <laughs> like it makes sense on that car. But if you want to pull up a picture of one so you can see what I'm talking about, just look up like, um, look up um, Osaka JDM uh, EAT Civic. EATC EAT then Civic. Okay, let me see if I've got the right capture window up here. Oh. That, that'll give you an idea of kind of like what that body style. Yeah, so that's the exact car. So that's the Civic version. The CRX is this body style, but as a CRX, looks more or less identical, but with the CRX roofline. But you see what I mean when I say that's like a kind of a really cool looking car. But you have to understand when this came out, other than actually, yeah, when this came out, I'll blow this up in a second. Uh, it took what the GTI was doing is just the highest trim level and made that like much more reliable and affordable to own. Okay. And whereas like, yeah, so it was like down classing all the good stuff. Basically. Yeah. Okay. And the car weighed absolutely nothing. And then in Japan, they had like twin cam versions of it. Oh yeah. Lots of really cool stuff going on with them. So, in, a, in a Honda. Yeah. I know, okay. Right? What was Honda's first like production twin cam engine? Probably the S three sixty. Oh, oh! I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did twin cam for. What about um, like non K? Like a, a bigger so, displacement. ZC would be the one in this one probably. And what's I'm I'm a lame. Yeah, it's a one. It's a one point. Basically, it's a D series one point six with a twin cam head. So imagine like. So how is that different than a B series? It, it's based off of a D sixteen. But like the the block and the bolt completely pattern completely different. Really? The, I thought the B and the D were really similar. No, no? they're very different. Huh. Um, but they're both engine right, trans left. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they're then. they're both the they're both like the same like backwards orientation, but um, <laughs> backwards. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but it, like you could get like they came twelve and a half to one compression. That's twin impressive. cam in like nineteen eighty five, and you made one hundred and twenty horsepower. Oh my god! One hundred twenty horsepower, no VTEC on a four cylinder at this displaces 1.6 liters. That's I love cool. that. That's super cool. I so, didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Or the it, fact that we got it here. Yeah. So you could, you couldn't get that in the civic. We could get in the Integra. Okay. But you could just bolt it into the civic and huh. people found that out in the nineties. And that's when like civics, this is like the first, like very fast civic were the <laughs> EAs. So I really like the front end on these. Yeah. They're very cool. They kind of do like the, the EF was like definitely the modernization of. You can see where EF came from. Yeah, like EF like yeah, didn't just like come out of like the ether. Or like it came right. from this. Um, so yeah, these are really cool. And the Osaka JDM car, the one I wanted to show you here, is a very special car because this is the car that uh, popularizes the Kanjozoku style. Kanjo means ring racer. In so Japan. what is uh, Kanjo? Kanjo means ring because there's Kanjo. And what is, does Bozo mean? Bozo means noisy, oh, but Zoku means okay. tribe. Okay. So this is the ring tribe racers. I like noisy tribe. <laughs> yeah, noisy tribe is a great term. Why is that not the name of a car club in Minnesota? I know, right? It's a great <clears throat> name. Like, actually, there is a there was a drift team in like the two thousands called noisy boy noisy tribe. I love but, it. But um, yeah. So these uh, that's the culture stuff you only find here on Carbetrage. So so these cars like were known in Osaka, Japan, for racing on their highways where yeah. they're like and. People would take out like Supras and stuff, and they couldn't keep up with these Civics because hmm. they were so nimble. Because they like full weight weighed maybe a thousand, like two thousand pounds, like one ton, like absolutely full weight. And then yeah. if you got like an HF, which is the high oh, fuel, yeah, 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 the high fuel ones in the eighties, you get like fifty-five miles per gallon on the highway. 
and oh, yeah. it might have been more than that. It, it's like really ridiculous. Like yeah. they, the, like up until very recently, they had like production fuel efficiency records, yeah. and even now they're more fuel efficient than like a production like Mirage, which is the most fuel efficient car you can get in America. Um, Gotta love that lightweight. I know, right? But <laughs> so what people do is they take the HFs because the HFs had. Um, they were missing the metal rods that go across the doors for, for safety. Ah, I was going to say, they must have done some lightning. <laughs> yeah, they did that. They did some other light lightning throughout the chassis. Um, so the HFs actually are, <laughs> of this generation, I think that they can they can rust out easier because like, they actually use a thinner gauge steel on certain parts. Ridiculous. Yeah. But like they got like a bajillion miles per gallon, and people just took the Integra engine, popped it in, and just let it rip. So All right. Very, very cool car. Right, so I- that's why that gets... Uh, 15th place. Um, and the reason I'm putting that in 15th place is because it's a very cool car. Um, but everything that did at EF did better. But the EF really... Well, it's an evolution, though. Yeah. And the thing is with the EF, the 88s and the 89s were fine. But the 90 and 91 were so much better. Hmm. That's why they, they didn't end up on the list. Because like the, the bodywork changed. Oh. And it was just like very small things... Like, the screws that held in the side marker lights were moved behind the fender so you could access them from the engine bay oh. instead of accessing them from the outside. Oh. And it really cleaned up the outside look of the car. <laughs> and they also didn't have the exploding pedal assemblies, <laughs> which I've told, you, I've told everybody about. Um, go back to, like, most episodes. I usually talk. Anytime I mention a CRX, that's why I hate the CRX, because the pedals explode. Um, but, yeah, the EF kind of did Oops. everything better than the EA. So that's why the EA is... At the bottom of the list. Okay. Um, it also did not have independent rear suspension. That's well, not super surprising. Beam. But that's the thing is the EFs got the independent suspension. That was a really big deal. Um, but anyway, so 15th place or is going to go to that. 14th, however, I wanted to get a cute ute, like a small truck of sorts. And there's so many because like, I have the Sidekick. I've got the Samurai. I've got the uh, Bronco 2. I've got the S10 Blazer. Like, that's just stuff in America. Yeah. And so I decided I wanted to go with my favorite one that really, of all the cute utes, which is the hardest to find, and that's the Dahatsu Rocky. But or the Dahatsu Rugger. The Japan. Rugger, yeah. Yeah, that's the Japanese name. And the Rugger was available earlier. We got the Rocky, like, in 90, 91, 89, like, at the Scott's very end. college friends had a, very, a Rocky. Very cool truck. Shijaro designed. Like super rad. Looks like a mini Isuzu Trooper. Yeah, it does. Like it, it's it's clearly Shijaro designed. Like you can tell. Oh yeah. Yeah, like it, it really shows. Um. So yeah, the Rockies just such a cool base truck. But they were they don't exist. I have part. no idea what's going on with this keyboard. But every time I try to copy something, it's exploding. we're also not recording. Uh, it's fine. We go through Twitch for that. Okay. Cool. Um. Okay, I got it to work, but. I'm going to power cycle my keyboard, which yes, this is, has uh, been a problem since the beginning of Motor Cult. All right, we're good keyboard. now. No, I'm poor. You're not. Yes, I am. They're $15 at Micro Center. Yeah, but I want the fancy you Logitech get, You can get them actually free at Free Geek. Yeah, but I like this little shitty form fact. Anyway, I pulled up a rugger. Yes, this is a rugger, the narrow-body Japanese version. <laughs> For America, they had to make them wide-bodied, which makes them look even cooler. Box flares? The box flares on them. Like, super-duper red. They don't exist. If you find one, buy it. They're impossible to find. They're all blue. All the survivors are blue. (laughs) I've seen three in my life, and each one is blue. The one I'm familiar with was gray. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I've never seen a gray one in, ever in my life. I've only seen blue. Oh, I like, almost crashed when I saw it. Yeah, I've only seen like a handful. They're very cool I'm trucks. Like, That's a Daihatsu Rocky. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's solid axle, like just a good four wheel drive truck. This is. I selected this over the Jimny because in the '80s this was cooler than a Jimny, but it doesn't exist today. So it has a terrific name though. What is going on? You're just having. Dude, I hate this computer cursed problems okay it was windows uh, updates trying to schedule oh, okay. something yes that i've solved that. it we're back to the rugger uh so yeah the rugger very very good vehicle uh going after that i did the ae86 uh specifically the toyota sprinter 11 torino the the initial is that d the car? initial d car yes. yeah i thought so yeah it, actually the panda is very cool but i take a red one the oh the panda's the paint job not white white over black yeah. Was there uh, any like paint quality issues with the red paint, or was it just a typical single-stage 80s paint job? No, it was fine. Okay, good. And single-stage is fine, because you can buff out single-stage paint. I know, that E30 polished yeah. up sweet. They're single very cool, cool, and I really like the red and black two-tone. So if you do, if you want to Google A86 red and black two-tone, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because this is, you get these with, like, you put on some That's too many words, but I did find it. Advan A3As or something on these will look really, really, really good. That's like peak A86, yeah. Right oh, yeah, that's even a Trino. Yep. Yeah, I like that more than the initial D car. Like, the initial D is cool, but I really like the red. So, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I, I know that car is fantastic, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Which it, is why our lists are different, which is great. The, well, that's the thing is, that is a car, once you drive, it did nothing for me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Until I had the opportunity to drive one. And I was very deeply annoyed how much I liked it. No, I'm sure it's a terrific driving car. I mean, just looks-wise. Yeah, no, this to me is very similar to, like, what an E36 is to most people. Oh. Where it's like... Yeah, most people don't care about an E36. It just looks like a car from the 80s. True. This is just a car from the 80s. But it drives really, really fucking good. So it is an E36. (laughs) Yeah, it's just an E36. Yeah, I, I guess maybe not E36, but it's... Well, a, those look like they're from the 80s, and they're not, which is weird, but they also drive really well. They're just terrible cars. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like E30 is, like, take your average layman that, mm-hmm. like, knows what a good-feeling car drives like. Yeah. Like, they'll look at E30 and go, okay, it's a car. Because that's how E30s were for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's like a car. They don't look particularly special in most trim. Yeah, like, this is, like, a not M3. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah. This would be similar to a 325i. Because mm-hmm. sure. you had the N1, which would be the M3. And which is a better name. Yeah, the, the, if you it's look at A86 N1 is I don't the, trust this computer. I have to Google multiple that's A86s. Fair. That's fair. The A86 N1 came with box flares from oh, yeah. TRD box flares mm. and individual throttle bodies. What year did TRD come to, come to existence? This is sometime in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. I really thought that that was going to be like a late 90s thing. Nope, that was an 80s thing. Huh, cool. Yeah. TIL. So, yeah, they uh, they did, like, the N1, which was very cool. And that was, like, you could only race. It was only for racing. So that was similar to, like, a, a R32 Skyline N1. Nice. Um, you couldn't get, like, a production road-going version. But you could get the body kit, like, from Toyota. Oh, so it's another like, you, you could You could buy the car and then buy the body kit afterwards and make an N1 for the road. But you couldn't buy an A86 N1 for the road. Okay. That's just sold as a body It's a cop car. Yeah. Um, and that would be equivalent to an e30 m3 and actually that'd be a really good race against the e30 m3 because they had very similar specs well i mean the i think you'd have to get evo no actually they made road going versions of all the cars because of homologation mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah yeah 
and especially so, like a stock two three or something. And like w- with the that's why they offered all these parts over the counter mm-hmm. from because um, I think it used to be called Toyota Racing Corner before there was oh interesting before it was TRD because I because it was literally a corner of the, of the dealership. So it's TRC. No, it was, it, was ra- it was literally called Toyota Racing Corner. I think. I think huh. I could be mixing that up with no, somebody else. I mean, well, it could be because it might be. I might be thinking of Nissan Racing, but somebody had like a, a thing called Racing Corner. Huh. It was just a corner of the dealership where you could get like headers and straight pipe exhaust and like thirteen by thirteen wheels and like and box the salesman's like okay, but and, don't put it on your car. <laughs> no, they, they would put it on for you and be like, hey, you have no more warranty anymore. Oh, but okay. like, we'll put this on for you if you want to avoid your warranty. And they're like, sure. And mm-hmm. like, cause like, it's a Toyota. Who cares about warranty on Toyota? True. Like it's never, you're never going to use it. A Toyota warranty is the most useless thing in the world in like 1986. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and even like new models for that year. Like a lot of car companies would just avoid the first of some model year. Yeah. No. Toyota. No, you just go buy it. Just go buy it. It will work. Like up until the 2000s, that was a rule of thumb for Toyota. You could just buy a Toyota without having to think. You could mindlessly buy one. Why wasn't that their sales slogan? Toyota, yeah. just buy it. Don't think. Don't think. Just buy. Don't yeah. think. Just buy. <laughs> yeah. And just like on the dealership floor, you have your oldest Toyota trade-in mm-hmm. with the most miles on it. And you go, why is this here? And you look at the odometer and they go and they see, why does this start with a six? And there's a bunch of numbers behind it. And it's like, because it's a Toyota. That's why. And you know what? It doesn't burn any oil. Everything's within spec. Because that was the other cool thing about A86s is, is people would tear them down for rebuilds at 300,000 miles because they're like, it's got 300,000 miles. I want to race it. Everything was in specs. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Like, it's probably It's amazing. Like, yeah, very cool uh, vehicle. A lot of the best chump cars are super high miles, too. Yeah. Uh, so next on the list is a Honda City Turbo 2. Okay. Honda City is just a little tiny. It's smaller than the Civic. This it's one came with a turbo. It's a K car, isn't it? Not a K car, actually. Really? It's okay. just the size up from a K car. Ooh, is this the one that's got the motocampo in the trunk? Yes, it came with a motocampo in the trunk. Sweet. But it was technically not a K car. It had a 1,000cc engine. Really? Yeah. It was the lowest tax class before you got the K car. Oh, okay. Because you had the K car, which would be like a Honda today. And then you had a city. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and then you had the city. And then after the city, you had the Civic. And then the Honda tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it went um, Integra Quint, and then Accord, and then Legend. So, Good Lord. Yeah, they had a lot of tax brackets. I see. Yeah, so they so that's the they Honda City. Them. Yeah, this one, it was box flares, turbocharger, again, for homologation purposes. Turbo fans. Turbo two. Yeah, turbo fans. The that, most adorable teeny turbo fans ever. And then Mugen made a wide body of this. Oh, my God. Which was even wider, called a Bulldog. Which, like, aptly named, yeah, because it, it looked like a refrigerator. It looked like a bulldog. Like it was just silly. I refer to the one M stance as bulldog often because it's just like it's clearly just a punched out car that wasn't designed for the track. Width. Yeah, no, this car is it's comical how wide the Mugen bulldog Square. is. Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it's wider than it is tall. But that would it's be a an very interesting tall thing car. to research. Like which cars have a wider track than they do long wheelbase. Well, it's, yeah, that's exactly they what it was. It was wider exist. than it was. Yeah, probably like the Toyota IQ, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But um, it'd be hard to research. What I think is funny is they made a Honda City Cabriolet, a convertible. Nice. And to make it, like, have the body rigidity to, like, actually drive down the road, yeah. uh, the later Cabriolets had the Turbo 2 uh, box flares on them. Oh, it's like, actually a strengthening measure. Yeah, it was a strengthening measure. Because oh, so otherwise, metal too. Oh, yeah, man. 
So it was actually really cool. That so, I would like. Yeah, so you can get a cabriolet for very cheap. And they had a mechanical, like, not power-operated top, oh, so nothing yeah. breaks. Well, like, good. That was my criteria when I bought my 124. I was like, you need something that just doesn't break. Reliable, huh? manual top. Well, I mean, rear-wheel drive was on there, too, but whatever. Yeah, but this is like, it doesn't matter. No, uh, there's the car's 300 got... pounds of weight. It doesn't matter which wheels are driven. Yeah, no, this, like, that roof weighs, I think it actually... I think it weighed less. But don't roll it. No, you're going to die if you roll it. Yeah. And to be fair, you're going to die if you roll this one. I had to explain that to the original owner, the IS, that's going to buy the car back. He's buying it back because his kids remember like being picked up in school as kids in the race car. Yeah. And like we got on the topic of how unsafe they are. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you get in a crash, you'll die. Yeah, no, you're just not going to live. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like any car made after the 90s. Like, that's what I told him. Like, if it's pre-97, you're just going to die, probably. Yeah, because, so. like, well, the thing is, is like cars that you're running into now are much larger and stronger than yours and they pointed to his tahoe that he came down and i'm like that's why yeah like because you people buy big dumb trucks and that's why these can't exist anymore yep anyway you did this uh so after the turbo 2 i'm doing the fso polonis i've heard of that but i don't remember what it looks it like. is so, so it freaking cool another um Another, uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This was on, like, the one of the worst car features of Top Gear, I remember. Yeah, no, it's a very cool car. It's another, um... Uh... Fuck, what's his name? Diablo. He did the, uh, the Rocky. What's his name? Gijaro? Gijaro. Another Gijaro design. I don't know why, whenever I see the Polonese, I blank on Gijaro's name. But, yeah, it's such a good vehicle. They are stupid expensive now. Really? Oh, that's a super late one, dude. Oh. You just gotta get an early one. The early one had, like... Like... The early one looked objectively better. All right, let me see if I can. It's got it. like a black front end on it. Just like yeah, FSO Polonez. It's the first thing that comes up when you Google it. There we go. Copy. God, such a great looking car. It's got like a really seventies, um, eighties Subaru front end vibe to it. Yep. Again, in fact, the whole Gijaro. thing is a very. It's Gijaro. It's how thing. he is as a person. Such a great looking car. Um, it looks so surprised. Yeah. No, they're very cool. They are so expensive. Everybody in Poland knows they're special. It's but they're getting rid of their 126Ps for these, or what? No, they're just not cheap. They're like, getting a second car, then. These are, like... No, if they're getting rid of it, they want sixteen grand for it, because I know that... Next time I go to Poland, I'm going to start looking at driveways, and I expect to see nothing but 126Ps and Polonoses. Well, Polonoses are kind of hard to find, but that's the thing, is they're hard to find, and that makes them $16,000, because everybody wants it, because they're rear-wheel drive, and they're, oh, yeah. they're rear-wheel drive carbureted, and four super reliable, four-door, yeah. manual only, oh, they literally yeah. did not have an automatic option until after the Soviet Union. is an enthusiast special. It actually is, because similar to, like, every other Soviet car, it was just a Fiat, mm-hmm. with a detuned engine and a single-cam configuration, and they, you could just build power on power because like they were designed to run on like 75 octane gas so (laughs) like with leaves in it yeah as long as uh, like you could just put a bigger hotter cam in it and like infinitely more power and if you worked in the dentistry field you could just borrow some nitrous oxide from work yeah exactly like and it would be fine yeah and they're very just way too cool for what they need to be uh, next on my list, the nerd card's too cool for what it needs to be is a Zuzu Gemini, specifically a ZZT. ZZ-T. Slash T. Thank you. The Zuzu uh, Gemini ZZT was a 1.6 liter fuel-injected uh, Chevy Chevette sedan. Oh, weird. I with see that. a factory body kit, 
and a limited slip differential. And fender mirrors. Yeah. Very cool. Were so, those round fog lights factory? Um, those were optional, I think, actually, because those look like the factory style. But, God, those are just super cool cars. Every time somebody says a Chevette's a bad car, I point them towards the ZZT. I go, you're just, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Incorrect. Before you call something crappy, you need to look into it and make sure that you're correct so somebody like me doesn't show up and tell you that you're wrong. And fact, then you factually, lose a fight. yeah, exactly. Like, actually tell you you're literally wrong. Because that car... Here's the whole... This topic. Like, like look how cool this is. purely on merits. Like, this is objectively a very it cool car. It has fender car. mirrors. You don't have to sell it to me. Like, if you had five... Yeah, if you had $5,000 and you're in Asia looking for an 80s car, boom, right there. That's your car. If like, I lived in Europe right now and that was five grand, I'd just buy it and daily it. If I was five grand anywhere and I could get it and I could daily it, I would get that. So we got a version similar to that called the iMark. Okay, I've heard of that. Um, the iMark was really closer to being a Chevette. It was still kind of stinky. Like, single... Stinky good or stinky yeah, bad? it was stinky. It was stinky. That's what it is. It's not objectively good or bad. It's just uh-huh. stinky. But it was just like a downdraft carburetor and stuff. Like, Ooh. it was better than the Chevette, but, like, the Chevette is, like, really the worst possible version of that car. Um, <laughs> That's the one we know. Yeah, it's the one we know. <laughs> so, like, we got, like, a detuned version that's called the iMark, and iMarks are... Cool. If you can find an iMark in good condition, it's, it's a great not name. a name. It's not a bad car, and like all Azuzus made by Azuzu and that weren't a captive import, it's a great fucking car. Like even the Florian was a great car. Like they've a made Florian, Florian. Oh, Florian. Okay. Like Florence. Okay. Italy. Thank the you. Florian. It is. Uh, I'm like yeah, we left the Florian. You don't need to one. look it up. It is a horrendous looking vehicle. I'm not gonna. It, lo- it looks like a foot. This whole thing. Um, and then after the ZZT. Oh, on here it says MA61 Super, but I know I took that off because I wanted to add the Tatra 613, which was the last Tatra that was rear-engined and air-cooled in this luxury sedan. Was it still as suicidal as the original Tatra? Sure it was. It was made in Czechoslovakia in the 80s. But uh, 613s are very cool because you have to understand, this was as luxurious as like a 7 Series. Was it still a V8? Yeah, it was an air-cooled rear-engine V8 still. They only, in all of their cars, they only had air-cooled rear-engine V8s. This cutaway image has the most heinous Google link I have ever seen. Just a mile long. It's all just GXYA over and over and over and over and over again at the end. I love that. I don't it's understand. Amazing. But anyway, there is a cutaway of the So cool. And you have to understand, like, this car competed with the Mercedes S-Class and the BMW 7 Series in era and i love the what's it, the the model of the tatra that's at mia uh that is uh 87 okay yeah. that when i saw that i spent like an hour looking at it beautiful cars every tatra is good it tatra is always incredible. is incredible the tech yeah i think it was like dual overhead cam all aluminum this is the exact same what this is yeah I'm just like, what the hell? so cool but it was from like the 40s or yeah. something i'm just like i don't 30s. but yeah it's amazing. I'm blown away, and the quality was just... If Czechoslovakia makes a car, they make a great car. Uh, apparently. I see why Germany keeps trying to invade them. <laughs> you would try. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Is Czechoslovakia Germany's uh, Ukraine? Yeah. But, like, yeah, basically. Because, <laughs> like, what's the best Volkswagen right now? Skoda. Guess where Skoda's made? Czechoslovakia. Yep. <laughs> like, Skoda makes the best cars. Like, so, I assume everyone that made this vehicle was in Adidas? <laughs> in the factory that's a squatting assembly yes. line <laughs> there's nothing above four feet in height in that entire probably everybody's a squat, squatting wearing a suit and like sm- doing chain smoking cigarettes yeah but like the insides of these were like oh, in the 80s the inside of this was 90s 
BMW nice. I believe it. Like, it, it, it was really remarkable how much this car kicked the shit out of cars in the 80s. And if it wasn't for the Iron Curtain, like, nobody would have bought an S-Class. Because this did everything the S-Class did, but better. So... That was that's I had to put that on the list. If I didn't put it on the list, I couldn't let I myself live with that. Did not even know that that existed. Yeah, that was the very last top turn that made him like well through the nineties. And the problem was, after the nineties, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they just didn't have the capital to redesign the car. Sure. So while you had the W one twenty six and what was the nineties before the Bengal Seven Series? E thirty eight. And the E thirty eight. You had that, and you had. The 126, and then you... Oh, no, 126 was the 80s one. Yeah, that well, finished what, in 1991. What was that? W140 came after yeah, that. Yeah, 140, there you go, the Princess Diana car. You had those uh, that came <laughs> out. The one. And suddenly the Tatra was on par with them, but the actual tech, like the stereo and stuff like that, was still 80s tech. Can confirm, because my 92850i has a gramophone. Yep. A 10-speaker gramophone. It is the worst stereo. Yeah, so like... Even Scooter on a tape sounds bad in there. Yeah, so you can only imagine, now make that Soviet. So, this is quite a bit worse. Like, it kicked the shit out of a Becker Europa, because a Becker Europa was from the 70s. Yeah. I don't know how the hell Mercedes let that go, but here we are. As soon as Mercedes got their shit together, and, like, Tatra just couldn't keep up. And that's why they make trucks today. I think it was 96 or 97 by the time Mercedes put a real stereo in a car. Yeah, and that's when the Tatra uh, 613 went away. So it's because they had to then. Yeah, they couldn't. Compete. Like they literally couldn't. They're like, well, we make a better. We still make a better semi truck than Mercedes. So, oh my god, oh my god. That's why they kept making a better semi truck than Mercedes, like because they did. <laughs> so yeah, Tatra is very cool. Uh, after the Tatra for eighth place, I did the R thirty Skyline RS Turbo. Sorry, I pulled this up earlier. No, so it's okay. Uh, it's four cylinder turbocharged twin cam. Um, it's a super revy one, right? Yeah, and this is. I put this over the R thirty one. Because the R31, uh, I feel like the R31's good, but, like, it's too close to being R32. It's The R31's closer to, like, the EA Civic, where, like, the it's R31 so... R31 is, like, the 2-liter 6-cylinder one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so close to being the perfect vehicle. Yeah. Whereas I think this one perfects what, like, the Malaise Skyline was. Like, this was Skyline... This was the Nissan Skyline making its comeback. And I feel like this better represents what an 80s Japanese car is. Because this is like 1983, and it's like fuel injected and turbocharged, and it's like a yeah. car phone in it. And like oh, yeah. a really rad black and red checkered interior and with like red headrests. Black and red exterior, too. And it was also in this like super cool Japanese uh, detective TV show that was like the Japanese equivalent of, of Miami Vice. Of course. It had... You Many, got a couple cars in your list from things that made TV appearances. Yeah, they, yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you think of like, like because with '80s cars and everything, what makes them special is that they are a departure from the Moyes. Like yeah. and like '90s cars, like yeah, they were better, but like you know, '90s cars were fifty percent better than an 80s car, whereas an 80s car was like 170% better than a 70s car, you know? But, I mean, we make the point often that the better car isn't actually better exactly. in a lot of cases, but we had to get to the threshold where it didn't matter if the worst car wasn't good. Exactly, and th- that's why I really like these 80s cars, and that's why I really love this topic, and yeah. why I'm such a fan of 80s cars, yeah. is because this was, the 80s were just like the 1950s, like, 
yeah, we didn't have a world war in the 70s, but we were coming out of Vietnam, and the Soviet Union was falling apart, and, like, we had labor unions going bananas during the, like, the Malaise era, and this was kind of like us getting out of that and everything getting infinitely better by the day. Like, each, <laughs> if you look at a car, like, if you look at a car from 1981 versus a car from 1984, it does. You would not think that's just oh, yeah. a three-year difference. Right. You would think that's a ten-year difference. And if you look at a car from 1983 to 1986, same thing. Like you feel like it's another ten years. Yeah. And then 86 to like a 90, like it, another. It, you feel like you progressed 30 years just like from it held back so much. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, just from like us figuring out how to live with emissions and how to live with safety standards and stuff. And like, yeah, like. A, a Nissan C210 Skyline was a fine car. It was cool, but like, as a car, like, and you objectively look at a C210 Skyline was Japan. That a no, it's a Skyline Japan. It came okay. after the it came after the Kenmuri. So, if you look at the C210 Skyline and then you look at this, it's so night and day like different. It's okay. like imagine if with the Supra they went from the MA61 Supra to the Mark IV. Oh. And the Mark III just didn't exist. Oh, oh. That's how big of a okay. drastic change sure. in quality everything was. And in the term of, like, four years, probably. Yeah, no, like, it was literally one year you could get a Skyline, uh, like, a C210 Skyline. It's called Skyline Japan, the name for it. Okay. You can get a C210 inline-six single turbo, which is, like, a 280ZX single turbo engine. Okay. And then the next year you go from mechanical fuel injection single turbo to this. Ah. Dual overhead cam. EFI. Electronic fuel injection, <laughs> limited slip differential, a much better manual transmission, all the tech in the world on the inside. Like, it was just night and day between, like, 1982 and 1983. Like, hmm. very cool. So that's why this car gets gets on the list, even over the R31. It's got fender mirrors. I'm into it. Yeah, and fender mirrors always make things better. Uh, seventh place goes to Testarossa. White I over was going to say, I got to look It has for... to be a white over tan high mirror car. Uh, just oh, type. That's the really early one, isn't it? Just type in Crockett Testarossa. I'm it's already the, halfway through typing it in. It, it's specifically the Miami Vice Testarossa. It, it, it's just because it's cool. It's got a flat 12. Like, that's it. That That's all. It, is, it didn't do anything particularly great. Now, the story with the Testarossa and the high mirrors, right, is somebody butchered, like, a specification that they weren't... Like, it got lost in translation. Like, the mirror has to be a certain number of inches above the ground. Yeah. So they didn't ship mirrors on the car, and they were all dealer installed. Yeah. I'm just like, uh... Very strange vehicle. Okay. All right, hold on. I'm it's a very copying. Italian thing. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. But I, I think it was maybe even Jason Camisa's piece on the TR that told me about that. But anyway, yeah, there's there's a white Testarossa with tan interior and a high mirror. That's actually the Miami Vice car. And it's got a license plate on it says Miami yeah, Vice. Yeah, because that's the actual movie car. Yeah, well, there you go. So. That, that's exactly the one I was looking for. Thank you. Mirror is so goofy. <laughs> I love that. Also, it has the most pixels of anything I've posted. Good. Last, and like, it's also weeks. got TRX wheels, if I'm not mistaken, which is even Probably. Oh, This is the no. thing with Italian cars in the, in the 80s. It has to get as cursed as possible. Because like oh I was saying, like... TRX is such a pile of Italy, shit. Italy, they make good cars. Like, they, make, they design a car, and they just let it get completely obsolete. And they'll design another car, and they wait till it's completely obsolete. And then guess what they're going to do after that? <laughs> like... And wait on our 30 years to be completely <laughs> obsolete. And that's kind of what this was. This right. was like, because they had this in production for entirely too long. By the time they were done with it, it had fixed headlights and it was like the dot com bubble. 
like when they got rid of the Testarossa final. Oh yeah, and still had the it still had the rear end, which makes sense with this front end. Like I know you don't like this front end. That's fine. I don't like, dislike it. I just prefer with, the five tall. Yeah, but if you look at like the body lines of this front end, where it's like mostly square, and you look at the rear end, you go, "That's mostly square." Mm-hmm. And you have got a five twelve, and you go, "This is round." And then you look at the rear end and you go, why doesn't the rear end of this look like a Well, they updated the rear end of the 512 TR2, but not much. Barely. Yeah. But like, it's like round lights. You see it and like you would expect like your 355's rear end right. with the 512. And, but then you get this car's rear end. You're just like, whoa, what? It's like a weird, it is, it's a culture shock. It's like, the it, continuity's not there. No, it gives you whiplash looking at it. And that's why I hate the 512. And that's how like the earliest possible Testarossa. Uh, again, this is, if you look at what they were doing in the 70s, this is a drastic improvement. Oh, it went improvement. from the 400 to this, right? The boxer? Um, did the 400? The 400 didn't have a boxer. It just had no, the, the Ferrari boxer, I mean. Oh, the, yes. The 512 BB or whatever? Yeah, it went from that to this. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then they made the F40, which is a V8 turbo, and blew the shit out of this one. But well, I'm not the, including that on the list. F40 was mostly a 288 GTO componentry. Yes, it was. It was basically just a rebody 288 GTO. I love the 288 GTO. Yes. Um, after this, Suzuki Mighty Boy. Mm, it's a Ute. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Also, it's a K-Ute with a great name. The name. It's yeah. amazing. It's a Mighty Boy. <laughs> like it's my cat's nickname. <laughs> like, I just love it. It's like it's something you say when your cat's constipated and he's in the litter box. Like you're just a mighty boy. You got this, buddy. Like I just love the Suzuki Mighty Boy. I need to include right, I'm, it. I'm working on it. Here it's just so wacky. I love it. I really want one because that's like the form factor of pickup truck that I need. Is it I need like some? It's, it's got Subaru 360 size wheels on it. It's just yeah, it does. Yeah, though they're 10 inch wheels. Yeah, but very, very, very cool vehicle. Um, after that, I'm doing the Azuzu Piazza. Um, again, Jujaro uh, designed. Wow, I got three Jujaro designed cars on my list. <laughs> Is this? Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty. It's the Pulsar. Yes. So this is a Jujaro design. It is turbocharged, real drive, Lotus designed handling. Um, those are actually pop-up headlights in America. That's not the American version, but the American. Are. No, the American, because the pop-up headlights were your headlights had to be a certain height. Oh, great. And they're similar to like oh, a Lancia Scorpion. Oh. But they looked actually cool. Okay. So Because right. they, like, they did like the, the 300Z kind of half tuck away, and then they pop up. Very okay. cool. Uh, they also did that on the EA Civic as well. They're the very early EA Civic had that option before they did the facelift. It's amazing how out in the weeds manufacturers went to make their pop-up headlight me- mechanisms work. Especially yeah. in a car that wasn't necessarily designed so for them. So strange. Like the 928 one where it flips like backward forward. So cool. I, I love like, that. Uh, 928 ones. Uh, they rotate like 270 degrees or something. And it's then just they're insane. like frog eyes once they finally I love do it. it. I oh, love man. It. Anyway. Um, What's next? And then uh, Peugeot 505. It's third place on my list. Uh, because standard limited slip differential, I genuinely don't understand why why any Volvo 240s or why any W123s were ever purchased when because a 505 existed. of the dealer network or lack thereof. That's, yeah, the that's literally the only reason. Because yep. you never got to drive Darren's, but good lord, that's a good car. Like, it is... Like, did he put a transmission in it? Uh, he's still looking for one because okay. this is apparently like a like a one year only transmission. Oh great! This is like awesome. Turbo, turbo fucked. Uh. Um, <laughs> but it was a cool car though. Such a great vehicle. Like, <laughs> it just it, like everything was just so perfect on these cars. Like I just it the, had the most comically large ashtray I've ever seen. 
in the front of it looks like a smoking Frenchman from the 70s. It had an oil bath air mm, filter. Yeah, just like Bobski. A flappy paddle mass air, like air meter. Yeah, barn door. Yeah, barn door air meter. FM. And Woo-hoo. like it, it was, it, it definitely was like French. It was just oh, so yeah. bizarre. I mean, that's a Bosch system, but like. It was a Bosch system with an oil bath air filter. I've never so, seen an oil bath air filter on a gasoline vehicle before that. Yeah, there you go. Always yeah. a diesel. I've only seen them on 50s era cars. That was, Blubsky came with one with the diesel. And then, um, yeah. And then all uh, Detroit diesels. It had also them. had the power steering reservoir bolted to the airbox because they just need to put it somewhere. <laughs> just an incredible vehicle. Well, uh, that's because power steering was an afterthought. I'm yeah, sure. no, the car is totally. We call it the Marrakesh taxi because like it looks like every single one looks like it's from like it's from Morocco. I just assume every one of these has like a half million miles on it too. Yeah, because they're as reliable as the sunrise. Like Darren's just blew up because it was like yeah he took a thousand dollar Peugeot with. No history on a road trip. Like, of course it blew up. It must have been low on trans oil or something, because that's something, the only yeah. thing that can kill. But they do have a limited slip differential, and they're very reliable. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a big fan of them. And yeah, if you ever go to like the French colonies of northern Africa, they're lousy with these cars. So that's why I call it the Marrakesh taxi, because they look like they're from the North Africa. Cote d'Ivoire taxi. Yeah, I told, uh, I told Darren he has to get the little rolly bead wood uh, oh, seat covers. Man. Like a taxi cab driver. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're such a good driving car. Like I, If you ever get a chance to buy or own or convince a friend to buy, there or you go. somehow find yourself in the seat of a Peugeot 505, Take that opportunity to enjoy it. It is such a great car. Hell yes. Um, We're in yeah. agreement. I love the 505. It's so good. So third place to me actually goes to a car that everybody would assume would be first place for me. It's at the... 25th anniversary yep. edition Countach. Uh, white, white over white if possible. Um, because white over white is the best way to do it. For the 80s, I agree. Because it's just the color of cocaine and mm-hmm. that's what's in the car. It's so good. Yeah. And I like the 25th anniversary edition because it's the ultimate Countach. Because the Countach was never... Like supposed to be like a svelte car. It's always supposed to be like as bonkers as possible. We agree on this because it's it makes it more bonkers. Like the periscopes, like the seventies periscope cars are fine. Those are cool, but like I don't care about that. Give me the all of the Tupperware. Give me all the strakes on it. Give me. It's like the Pantera GT4. Like people hated it because it didn't add anything functional to the car. But it looks cool as hell. Oh, no! Like, I don't care. Like I'm like, you keep your athletic early one. This is my <laughs> thing. Is, there's always going to be a faster car. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. always says, it's, it's all that is a giant dick measuring contest. This is a car you look cool as fuck and trying to kill yourself in. Yeah, put a, Crawling out of your car on all fours. Put a lot of diesel in it. I don't care. Yeah, like, I genuinely love... One of my favorite things about this car is... Um, I've told you that I'm convinced that Marcello Gandini is a communist. Yes, that has been brought up on this show before. Because <laughs> there's no way to get into this car elegantly. It's the most humbling experience every second of being in or around or owning this vehicle. Because the air conditioner doesn't work. You're always sweaty. You're always getting, your, getting like all fours to get out of the vehicle. It is not reliable. I know. Not no, even let's be, oh a God, little no. bit. It's Italian. It's Italian from the 80s. It's like, and oddly, you want the version with carburetors on it, too, not the injected one. Yeah. Cause the, and that was a split year in the freaking 25th yeah. anniversary. Yes. The first half of more carbies, the second half were fuel injected. Yep. I know. Bananas. So, okay. All right. So, yeah, I would love a Countach. It's so good. It's just, it's peak Lamborghini. Like, I understand 
And like, oh, yeah. I, I love the Diablo and I love uh, the Murcielago, but I don't think any of them like lives up to a Countach because even the name means like this Italian equivalent of oh shit. Yeah. Like they call the car the Lamborghini oh shit. Like that's just that's such all a... from the test driver, I assume. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just an amazing vehicle, and it's just it's so wacky. And it, it was in production for entirely too long, and they made like twelve of them. Like it's just yeah, it's such a great '80s car. I heard so. Matt Farrow talk a little bit because he had or has one of these 25th anniversaries, and he just talked about like all the ridiculous nuance and the things he didn't know before he bought it that he wished he did, and things like that. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I would expect there, to hear. There's things you don't want. This is one of those cars where it's full of Easter eggs, but it's like Dark Souls Easter eggs where everything's worse. Yeah. Like, yep. This, you know what this is? This is automotive equivalent of playing Dark Souls. Oh, God. Like, it is an, exerc- it's an exercise in making yourself uncomfortable. But it is so fun and rewarding by the time you're done with that. This is one of those cars where you, you have to, like, do preventative maintenance and care, but you really shouldn't. No. You, like need, you should never touch it if it works. No, don't touch it. Like You need the full Lamborghini experience, because the whole point of this is to spend all of this money mm-hmm. to be humbled. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's but what... I mean, the, the longer we are in cars, the more we understand that. And yeah. Like, I want to not have a perfect experience when I go drive a car like this, because it want makes perfect, it more fun and more memorable. I want a perfect experience, I'll get myself a Camry with a lease. Oh, like, I don't yeah. want that. I want something... like. You know what will give me a similar amount of fun to driving this is to be driving a Mirage in 100 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to die either way. Like, I probably will die either way. With the airbag fuse pulled, you'll, especially. You'll, you'll die of something. Mine's all die having fun. I was going to say, that is a certainty. You just get, you get to control potentially how you go out. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, next time I list something actually beats this is going to be the Toyota Soar Aero Cabin. Oh, I definitely put the wrong... On here, hey, hold on, Aero. Yeah, so speak, Aero Cabin. Sorry, I was reading your screenshot and typing it it's in. Okay. So Aero Coupe makes sense, but Aero Cabin is a retractable hardtop, similar to like a Bauer. Oh, sweet. I'm like a E21 or a 2002. Yeah, but it's on a luxury version of a Supra. So the Soar, it, it was the came to America's Lexus SC, but before it came to America, so this was like a first gen though. This is a second gen actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so is this based on the Mark III Supra then? This would be based off the Mark III Supra. Okay. And yeah, very, that's, very that's nice car. car. Super limited production. Uh, all of the tech you would imagine of like something that... Oh, it's basically a similar amount of tech to a Toyota Century. Nice. Like as close to a Toyota Century as you could possibly get while having a sports coupe. And then you give it a retractable hardtop. That's and neat. the windows stay up, so it, like it's very strange. And like it tucks like... The roof is, like, awkwardly short. If you can get a side profile photo of the car, like, that'd be better than that. Um, wait, there's one with the top down, actually. Yeah. So you can see how awkwardly small... I'm not going to rush this, this thing. Uh, it's been okay, but... Yeah. But you can see how awkwardly small the oh, no. cabin is relative to the uh, actual car itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is really stubby. It's a very stubby seat. Oh, dude, this reminds me of like a 50s Fairlane retrack. It's very strange. I'm a big fan of it. Weird. Yeah, it's just such a weird, weird, such a weird car. But like, this is like this, I think this summarizes peak bubble economy Toyota. Like, I think this is more peak bubble economy Toyota than a Mark IV Supra. This should have come to the States as like an ES. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, this or totally, like an SC, I guess, yeah. Yeah, this totally should have come to America, but, like, this is a day late and a dollar short. Because by the time that Lexus they... Lexus was too new to gamble with this, Well, I'm no, sure. it, not even. Uh, just, they didn't have a market gauge for if SC would sell. Sure. And so, actually having a Turbo Supra proved that people were willing to spend some money okay. on an upscale Toyota. And right. after the, Toyota, the Turbo Supra came here, then... During the Mark IV, that's when we got the SC300 and yeah, SC400. I didn't yeah. know that those came after. Yeah, so okay. that, that those came after. This is really? like, these like were like 87 to 89, I think is the mix. It made like the second half of the Z... Oh, shit, what was it? Or S31? I can't remember the chassis code. But it's the, the second, the post-facelift of this chassis code is when they brought this around as an aero coupe. Okay. So the normal one, the normal Soar, were fine. Like, they're just normal, cool, very good cars that weren't cursed and have some weird shit happening with them. <laughs> but cursed. the weird shit makes the car. Oh, yes. Like, weird shit 100%. makes 80s cars better. Weird shit so. makes all cars better. Yeah, this is that's, definitely peak weird shit. That is not an 80s exclusive thing. No. That's, we keep harping on that. And it's going to get more. Yeah, weird shit makes a car better, and that's peak weird shit. So I think the only car that does more weird shit better than that is take a rental, a car, make it a wide body, and stick the engine in the boot. And that's yep. what they did with the Renault 5 Turbo 2. Because that's literally exactly the words I said. It's a rental a car with the engine stuck in the boot with a giant turbo on it. It's rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And that's just the greatest thing in the world. Yep. Of all cars, I would probably put that as my favorite car. It's, it's just, pretty good. If I mean, you if gun to my head, that would probably be my favorite car. I would take a, a Clio V6 Series 2 over it, but that's way newer. Like, yeah, this is the father. This is I the think daddy. The, the thing is, is like this is more kill yourself than a Clio V6. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because a Clio V6 Gosh, is yes. like refined. Like, it's a cup car. This is yep. Group B. This is not refined. Yeah. This is designed. This to be... is if you don't drive it properly, you die. Car. Yeah, that's exactly what this is, and I and really nobody like drives it, a lot. it properly. Yeah. Nope. Yep. This is a good car. There's at least a couple of these here. Yes, there are. There's a white one in town, and then there's been one that's been making the rounds on Branch or a red one. I mm. think it's Randy's now. And but yeah, that that Turbo Two was very rad. The Branch Trailer one, the red one with the gaudy wheels. Mm. <laughs> the wheels cost as much as my Fiat. <laughs> oh, that I mean, well, hey, that doesn't take much these days. But yeah, nice wheels. Holy shit, dude! They're pricey, yeah. pricey, pricey, pricey. Yeah, pricey. and uh, to be able to beat the factory turbo fans on these, like getting a set of Gaudis is like the only way you can go. So, Eric, I need to know your list, because your list is going to be similarly wacky, yeah. but with different vehicles. And so, for it. my list is a lot shorter, but we, I mean, we largely We have a most, lot of overlap. Yeah. So, what are the, your cars that you would so, put in? And I'm actually curious, what would you boot to put these in? Oh, God, which one of your cars would I boot? Yeah, well, I know it's a very difficult well, list. your list isn't actually written in the notes. It, th- that's fine. Of the, the li- of the list where I had the MA61 Supra, which I also booted as well. The MA61 Salka Supra. Very, very, very cool. Personally, one of my favorite cars. Is it one of the best cars of the 80s? I don't know. I'd put it in the top 30. So I would not the top supersede 15. the 505 for the Citroen XM. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm going to go French for French just because No, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Uh, the reason why I really like the Citroen XM, I and you're probably yelling at your microphone, which you don't have, so haha. But this is a car that came out in 1989. So we just talked about how many different like ethoses there were in the 80s. Yeah. And let's be honest, 89 is the 90s. Yeah, it is. But this car is the the modern 
personification of everything that I love about French cars. It's got the ridiculous 1950s suspension. It's got yes. the swiveling headlights. It's got the ridiculous interior with the excellent back seat. It's got a, a, an absurd powertrain configured in the stupidest way possible. Yeah. And it's just like this really low-profile sleeper wedge that you could slam on the ground when you parked it. And I just really dig that. Could I give you another option? The sure. The BX GTI. Oh, we talked about it. Yeah, the, the, this you, is you the would group pick the B1. BX. Yeah. yeah, I would do the BX because that's the group B. I don't like the front end as much, but it is more 80s. I will give you that. Yeah, because this was a purely 80s car. But it does pretty much all the, the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's the same thing. The, the BX or an XM. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. You found the smallest I'm getting photos photo. from the 80s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just it, It's equally as wacky, but also a group B car. And yeah. it's still front-wheel drive. Like, it, of course Citroën would join Group E and like, not make it all-wheel drive. Like, they joined this knowing full well that the Quattro existed. They were probably full interior cars, too. Probably. And they knew that the Quattro existed. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, ah, we're fine. <laughs> just Whatever so, a Frenchist would say to that question, oh yeah. I don't so know. Wacky. I don't want to boot any of your cars because I do like them all, especially after you went over no, them. The, I would say these are alternatives, but I'm, I'm just saying like what, what you would think the weakest links are. Because like, it's a fair the, thing to say. It's the Nova opinion. Twin Cam, I guess. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a really hot that, version of why, a boring car. Yeah, and that's why, that's why that got booted. We're going to yeah. leave the Rocky and the Rugger in there because I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Polonez is sweet. I didn't know about that. Especially, okay, the City 2 Turbo, the convertible... Yeah. Variant. I'm makes not getting it, rid of that. Makes it even better. Mighty Boy's adorable. Alto works, I guess. I, that's a fine. The car. Alto works. I did boot because th- that's the thing is I almost went in the CA72 Alto works because that was the best 550cc era K car. But in 1990, they made the 660cc and they made an even better Alto works. I'm gonna go ahead. Okay, in that case, since you bring that up, I'm gonna boot the. R30 Skyline for the W201. Okay, that's fair. For the same reasons, because you want to talk about a car that obliterated the car that came before it with technology, W201 versus the W123, I guess, even though they're a different size. Yeah. They're really, it was the first baby Benz. Um, I'm going to pull up a picture of, and I'm not. The the 190s are amazing cars, and that was, I was actually, I asked two people about my list, um, Patrick and Ben from Japanese Nostalgia Car, and Patrick actually mentioned the W201 as well. And I'm and not I picking said, a 16 valve. I would say W201, that's in my top 20. Like, yep. that would be my 16th car, would sure. be a W201. And it was, that I really genuinely thought about, but, like, I couldn't think of one single W201 that I objectively wanted more than anything else. To the 2.6 Sportline. I, that I was, was going to say, the 2.6 Sportline would be about it. Well, that'd be the one. Especially the manual. They're hard. So I, I pulled up a picture of a facelift. So 89 to 93 W201 yeah. 2.6. That's the one so to get good. with a manual. Or, or get a 190D, frankly, if you can. Yes. But and you have the asymmetrical side mirrors. You have the mono wiper. It's like that's Pete Mercedes. And that car came out in 1982. Yep. And Mercedes spent like how many billions it was of dollars billions of dollars in 1980s money just yeah. to develop that car i mean it would it's, it's, uh, it's just, not billions of dollars adjusted for inflation no it's, it's not, billions it's not, at it's, the time yeah it's not like we're saying like they spent a billion dollars since 2013 or 2013 billions of dollars it is like had the car flopped mercedes wouldn't exist anymore no it was that much money and even then they lost money i think i don't think they ever were red set up they were not it was enough for them to continue operating which is weird because and that kind of shows in the w202's development budget because that car is not that great yeah and also if you look at the 201 
a lot of the shit that came out of the 201 set the precedence for Mercedes oh, yeah. for all future cars for the next 20 years. Oh, yeah. The lineage. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, the R129, yeah. the the, the um, 124 that came immediately after it. Yeah. I mean, they're like sister cars. The 140. Uh, like, there's there's, just, there's other... so much tech, so much design language, so much yeah. everything that came out of that specific car. It's such a groundbreaking car. And they set and their own bar so ridiculously high. That they couldn't beat it. They, they yeah. didn't beat it. And also, like, the other thing with Mercedes, why I didn't include any Mercedes on my list, is um, all the variants of those cars peaked in 1991. Yeah, because that's just before they went to the biodegradable harnesses and the water-based paints. 91 but to they had the cladding. 91 to 93 Mercedes yeah. is peak German car. If those cars the, had electric fuel injection, they would be perfect. The W201 is actually 100% why I did not include the 3 Series. The E30. I am including that next. Yes, because the 201, if I include the 201, I have to say the E30, because the E30 is great, but... It's also the same thing for BMW. They were about to go bust, and they had put so much money into this car to make or break them. I would put that as my 17th. I like the 201 a little bit more than the E30. I do technically, too. Don't get me wrong. E30 is very good. Mm -hmm. Um, Even IX I'll take. Like, 100%. Like, I genuinely love the E30 that much. Of right. I like the car for its chassis. You're a better person than I am. Yeah. Like, no, trust me. Don't get me wrong. A real drive, a real drive one's the one you want. Like, I'd even take an IX and not cry. Like, if I could get an E30 IX, I'd be okay. I almost, my dad almost bought one. As long Jeep as I'm about like, <laughs> to part it out, I'm good with it. Yeah, like, I'm okay with, a, with the IX. Like, because the thing is with me, like, yes, the rear-wheel drive is better. But the thing that I like about the car is I like the ergonomics of the interior. Mm-hmm. I love the sight lines of the car. I oh like the God, actual yeah. car itself as a car, not for just the performance. So yeah, the performance is there. They're a great driving car. They do have fantastic powertrains. But to your point, yeah, I'm like the the things that really make an E30 a great car are not actually the chassis. No, it's it is a hundred percent the. Um, what the, it's it's the merits of the car, like just owning it, and I think the ownership experience of an IX I'd be okay with. It's, like, also the thing is, dollar for dollar, IX is so much cheaper. <laughs> yeah, around here especially. Yeah, like you can get IX for a hell of a lot cheaper than a normal E30, and uh, for a car for similar ownership experience, yeah, that would just do it for me. So yeah, if you can get a really screaming deal on a manual IX, and there are no rear wheel drives in your area, fine, whatever. But just go get a convertible. Uh, next on my list, the Saab 900 Turbo 16 valve. Yes, SPG. Re- well, I think SPG was 90s, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Really? Okay, Ladies. good. Then the SPG. Yes. Um, holy shit! Fucking great car. World beater that nobody talks about. No, I I know what you mean. Taylor Finger bought one made of rust because it was that good of a car. He bought it like knowing that the car is not a survivor. Yeah. And he daily drove in it, and he like door dashed in it. Oh yeah. And it's no. just because he's like, I wanted this car. This is a peak Saab. And this is one where I can own it without feeling bad. It's it a lot better so than the Vigan. Amazing, yes. That came after. It. Um, and the thing is with Saab, what I like about Saab <laughs> is this: is what Darren says, he goes, "The older, the better with Saab." Oh yeah, I, I looked at a '77, I think NA Saab 900, like one of the first yeah. ones. Is like I was going to buy it as a winter beater. Yeah. And, and Darren wants he wants a 
Uh, inline three two stroke. Uh, Saab ninety three. Oh, okay. I was gonna say but, I don't think the nine hundred ever no, had a. But these also had integrated. They were all goofy. Combined this is the sump. One, they used engine oil. Engine oil for the transmission. That's it what didn't work well in the Mira. <laughs> no, that's what that's what killed Taylor's car. I think. Um, yeah, you, you need to be really diligent about oil changes and making sure you never grind gears. And so yeah, and the uh, Saab is like I actually what I would take over this is a Saab ninety nine. That's actually why I did not include this. Because as Darren says, it's the older is, the Saab, yeah. the older the better. And the Saab 99 was like the Saab, the Saab, the, the turbo leg. I know, so I love it. Cool. Well, the Saab oh, you can get a 99 turbo. turbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Turbo. All right, fine. So I'll do 900 slash 99. And this is the thing is the 99, like, again, was better in the 70s. But the thing was like in the malaise where everything was dark and awful, the Saab 99 was like this quasar oh, yeah. of light and of like what the future was going to be. Yeah, it's a UFO. It, it, that, it, that's what it was. Is like you you were like floating through empty space, and off in the distance, you saw this incredibly bright light, and it was this one-off car. It's its own thing. There's nothing around. There's way too much radiation. Like, nobody can possibly make this. This, you cannot live with this. This is not a thing that will go beyond this ball of neutrons making light from radiation. And that's what the Saab 99 Turbo was. It was just like this one-off thing that showed you what the future would be. Yeah, and nobody cared. You couldn't. Well, no, it's you just <laughs> no company could make that happen because you know what Saab couldn't make that happen. Right, they didn't sell at all. Guess what they did? They went bankrupt again and again, and everybody that touched them went bankrupt. Yep. And it's because of stuff like the 99. Yep. Like, it was not sustainable. Nope. Like, if you try to put a Dyson sphere around a quasar, <laughs> no, it's not going to work. It's going to get irradiated, and it's a collapsing on itself because of the magnetism. Like, no, Saab did it, and they just left it over here when they went bankrupt and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, that's yep. exactly what it was. It was its own thing, and you, you're like, that's cool. I can't do anything with that. And then you just carry on with your shitty Fox Body Mustang because that's what was attainable in 1977. While Saab was just making this incredible vehicle. So Saab, very, very, very cool. It was it's just the fact that it was the 70s version I like more than the 80s version. That's totally fine. I'm yeah. fine with putting, because, I mean, these span decades. I mean, they started in the 70s, they ended in the 90s, and they went all the way through the 80s, and they looked appropriate all the time. Yeah. Which is, is weird. I mean, uh, they, Incredible vehicles. They did the, Absolutely incredible. From the 99 to the latest 900s. I mean, they were basically the same car. Yeah, no, they, they so, were so good. I even like the early 9000 GM cars. From the 90s. They are well-proportioned. They're really good-looking, but they're objectively worse in every way. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had a 9.3 Vigan for a couple of days. And, like, one of those in running condition is interesting. It's, it's a good really car, interesting. But it's also, you know it's a GM. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a bad car. Don't get a, me wrong. It is definitely a GM. <laughs> but it's so good. But, goofy. like, it's so bad it is so much worse than its competition at the time it is probably the choice yeah anyway the next one again i'm picking I, like really 90s era I, cars i cannot abide this but say the word 1989 mazda mx5 nope, doesn't count done slash thread gran turismo you can put the mx5 in the 80s category because of the 89 mx5 i absolutely fucking hate it so they made it for two months in the 80s that you could actually buy it and it just doesn't count designed in the 80s it doesn't count. Designed in the 80s. Yes, it is a design in the it's 80s. It's an 80s car, and it's really good. It's not an 80s car, It though. is an 80s car, though. No, it's a 90s car. Well, it's so the, much... The Z32 is an 80s car. The 850 is an 80s car. This is an 80s car. 
But they were just made and produced. They're in the 90s, 90s cars that were 90s. produced in the 80s. So they don't count. They do, though. I guess I can't. I you can't should have it. made your question more pointed, BAT. I know. Because people like me are going to do this. All right, fine. I'll, I'll spare you this. Yeah. And I will go on, and I'm not even going to show a picture of this one because you know what I'm talking about. The, the first gen Suzuki Swift GTI. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Actually, second gen. Or whatever. The no, because I don't know. the Geo Spectrum Turbo was the first gen oh, Swift GTI. Oh, I didn't GTI. know that. There's a oh, three cylinder cool. turbocharged Geo Spectrum. Yeah, so I want the 1.3 liter. You I want the twin, 1.3 liter, the G13B, yeah. which is the twin cam GTI. So it's good. Very cool. So good. And you could also get it as a wagon as well. Really? Very briefly in 1989. Cool. For the Puerto Rican market. Oh my God. Yes. And did they stuff rotaries in very, it? No. Actually, yes, they do. <laughs> uh, and they use AE101 Corolla transmissions. Oh, okay. Very, so that's where the Mondial Challenge answer came yeah, from. That's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> but no, you can get a Swift GTI uh, with a G13 twin cam in a five-door configuration in Puerto Rico only. You could not even get that in Japan. That's very cool. Yeah. And Vauxhall also made a version with its own, uh, they did a captive import with Vauxhall bodywork. Oh. Very cool. What was it called? of Vauxhall GTI. Oh, that that was okay, very interesting name <laughs> Vauxhall. Thank you. Uh and then it later became the Swift GT. Such a great car. Um absolutely. Yeah. That it, this is the thing is all Geo Metros are good. Um and the Swift GTI is just like I almost bought one I bought my CRX and I regret not having bought it. One came up for sale locally for like 1500 bucks when I was in college and I was looking for a winter beater. Same thing with an MX-5 with a hard top. And my thing was with the Swift, with the Swift GTI the reason I didn't get it is I said what if I need to put a time belt in it? Yeah, what if I need alternator? Busa, yeah. Oh my god, the parts. Parts are just impossible for it. Yeah. So that's so why you could find them, but they would come from Japan. The, yeah, it was just a nightmare, and I was like, I, I didn't want to justify it because, like, also at the time, I'm like, I'm you had to say out loud, like, I'm paying four thousand dollars for a Geo Metro, or I'm paying four thousand dollars for a CRX. Oh yeah, and I had. Me at age twenty three had to say that out loud to myself, and I'm like sitting here, Jan. I'm like, I don't know which one I should get. I really want this GTI, but this is the last time I'm ever going to be able to get the CRX. Which decision would you make now? Oh, GTI, hundred percent. I kind of figured after all the, the CRX snafus. Yeah, but this is the thing: is I don't regret it. It's just it was one of those things where your CRX was a fantastic looking car. I loved that car. It got amazing fuel economy. It was a lot of fun because like what I wanted was I wanted an MX-5 that got forty miles per gallon, and that's what I got. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was it. And like, a GTI would have done the same job, but like it would have been impossible to find parts for. And I was driving from Richfield to Cottage Grove. Oh yeah, map days. Yeah, map, yeah. yeah. So. Oh it, yeah. Yeah, yep. it wouldn't have worked. Like right now, yes, I would apps if I could find a Swift GTI, and I didn't have to pay for a new uterus or for my, <laughs> not uterus, a uh, urethra for my cat. Um, Ooh, my insides hurt when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> but even the urethra is still terrible. Uh, if I didn't have to pay for like cat mechanic oh, bills, God, so expensive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just but thinking what $3,500 would have been in my life. I'm like, oh, man. That's like what it would have been to... I hope everything's closed on every one of your cars because it's raining right now. It is. All right, good. The units are open, but the screens are down. Oh, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. My scooter's outside, but I think that's water-resistant. It's a scooter. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so a Swift GTI is such a good car. But, anyway. So, I'm the, glad I added something to the yes, list. Yes, you did. Your list was very, very good. And these are all vehicles I would have considered. And I got to mention the Spectrum Turbo, 
which exists. And I've seen one in my life, and it was the wackiest thing I've ever seen. It was so incredible. The Spectrum Turbo. It exists. It's very cool. Like, it's just so silly. Like, it's a one-liter three-cylinder. I didn't know about that or the wagon. Yeah, Swift, the, yeah. So. There's Geo did a ton of cool shit. Oh, I I know they did, and like, like early Saturn did too in a different way. But man, oh, talk about some weird companies. Yeah, if this question's posed for '90s cars, absolutely throwing an SL or SW2. Yeah, because get SW2 manual. Oh shit. yeah, with the twin cam. Mm. Yeah, that's what the SW. That's what the two is for SW. Oh really? Because one is single cam, two is twin cam. Did not know that. And Saturn S is Saturn W is wagon, SW two is a twin cam wagon with the manual. Cool. They could get. Oh yeah, no. I, oh. And limited or manual twin cam wagon with anti lock brakes. You could get. In like so ninety one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Those are cool. But anyway, let's. Uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode because this took up one whole episode. Yep. So nice talking to everyone, and see you next, next week. week.